from Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hello, everybody. I'm Brandon Marcello, joined by Jason Caldwell and Philip Marshall. Welcome to another episode. Um, guys, uh, we're still without sports. Um, but uh, still, still some things to talk about. We've been chatting with uh, Auburn's Gus Malzahn and Butch Thompson, some players, even strength coach Ryan Russell, just about how they're dealing with everything. And, of course, the <clears throat> big topic that a lot of people are discussing at this at this point here and as we approach mid-April um, is whether there's going to be a college football season as we deal with this coronavirus pandemic. I don't you know, no one's really got the answer. I just think a lot of people are piecing together contingency plans for one, when and if players are able to report and when, and two, you know, what does the financial future for each individual athletic department and school look like if there is not a college football season or a shortened college football season? But um, I, I kind of find it, silly when well for example uh just take mike gundy for example uh saying that hey we need to get everybody up back on campus and start doing it now these kids can can battle this virus and we need to do this for the good of their state uh as far as pushing money through the system which just uh, it's wrong on so many levels for him to be saying that and then two you have people other people just saying, yeah, there's no way college football's played this upcoming uh, football season. The truth is, I mean, no one knows, right? I mean, no one knows. And a lot of people are just making themselves look really stupid out there, especially guys like Mike Gundy who are putting the uh, – just don't care about the health of their players, it seems like. That's a pretty, pretty astonishing statement, and I – I expect he would have a hard time convincing his players to come back. <laughs> well, that and uh, the moment to. the moment I saw you said that, I said, "Did you guys hear that? It that's the sound of Oklahoma State's recruiting classes falling down the next uh, few years." Yeah, it's more about the parents for me. I mean, the players would probably be more a lot more on board than their parents would be about you know turning sure. them loose and going. But yeah, you know, it, when the doctors don't really know a timetable then it's it's dumb for you know, first of all people are going to ask them because hey it's it's you got to find something that to, that's newsworthy sure but the coaches the coaches kirk herb street philip you're all all these guys should just say look hey i, I don't i don't i'm not a uh, you know medical doctor i don't know what this thing's going to do all we can do is, is wait and see what happens and hope we have a football season and leave it at that be done with it yeah i mean it's <laughs> It's incredible. Like I said, on both sides. I mean, how can you say, "Hey, we're not going to have a football season," or "Hey, we're not we're we going are. to"? Yeah. I mean, listen, we're we're barely a month into this thing right now. I mean, a month ago, people were going to basketball games, and you know, 
this was on our minds maybe a little bit, but in the back of our minds. And here we are a month later, and, and life is pretty much shut down. The country is shut down. Um, it's unprecedented. But just a month ago, we were we were going to basketball games. We were watching basketball. People were watching hockey. I mean, it's um, uh, it's just interesting. But that that Mike Gundy thing. Oh my gosh. You know, I thought I thought the "I'm a man, I'm 40" thing was embarrassing. Yeah, this was even more so beyond measure. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, you know, I I, I don't even know what to say to that. I didn't even really, I didn't even realize he had said that until I'm sitting here. And now I'm reading about it. So oh, are right, okay, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It became a uh, it, it became a pretty pretty interesting topic around because. Like I said, there's there's one thing about to be, you know, like like Dabo. There's one thing to be optimistic and believe it, but don't say it in those terms like Mike Gundy did, where oh the players they'll be fine. You know, just say I'm optimistic that it's going to happen and leave it at that. If that's what if that's how you want to if that's how you want to believe, and I'd like to believe that too. I want to be optimistic that there's going to be football, but just leave it at that. Then don't go don't. Once you delve deeper into it and, and start doing the other things, that's when you uh, you bring on the uh, the ire. And you're right, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, a guy that's that's done some questionable things in the past. That's probably uh, the top of the list. Well, here's the other thing. Um, I, I'm not getting political in this, but this is just dumb. I mean, I mean, 11 seconds into his press conference, he called it the Chinese virus, which is listen. There's xenophobia in that. It's racist. There's a reason why President Trump, when he was calling it that, was getting so much backlash, and then he finally decided to stop saying it. And then, I, I, I oh my gosh, it's just it just reeks of. It's like you get into this bubble. Well, some people I think they just get into this bubble where you're so powerful and you have at you've had this job for so long, and you've been leading a program. You have your own world. I call it your own atmosphere. They've built their own atmosphere where he feels like he could say whatever he wants and whatever, like he can will things to happen. Well, the, we're going to be back May 1st because we're just not going to deal with the, the virus. The virus is going to be fine. Um, it's, I, I don't get that way of thinking at all. And I'll tell you what, man, as you said, uh, Jason, about parents, this would affect more than players. Some players, some players certainly want to go back because they're young, you know, just like the kids that want to go on spring break still and everything. But absolutely, you know what I mean? They're young. They feel like they're invincible. I felt that but, way, too, before. Uh, and and it's I, not yeah, affecting young. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. You're right. I, 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 sorry to say, but I, you're right about you mentioned about recruiting. To me, I think that's where this thing could really could really bite him big time because of that, because you start going. You know, if you're Oklahoma, if you're Texas, those schools, now you, you have an advantage over them anyway. The issue is going to be where you, you start having the TCUs of the world, those people that yeah. maybe you're, you're in a battle with, with Oklahoma State, and that's the guy that you might not have gotten in the past. And your coach is going to look, he doesn't really care about your players. All he cares about is his money and, and winning. He doesn't care about the welfare. Here, here's an example right here. This is going to be absolutely going to be used against him because in recruiting, people use everything you do, and, and that's going to be something that's going, that's going to come back to bite him, I believe. Yeah. So, all right. So to be clear, Mike Gundy, this is what he said. He said that his goal was May 1st, which is completely against what the Big 12 has said, uh, which is <laughs> prohibited any in-person activities until May 31st, like most conferences. 
Um, that includes going to the office, by the way. Uh, and then he says, this, this is this is the quote, they are 18, 19, 20, yeah. 21, and 22-year-olds, and they are healthy, and they have the ability to fight this virus off. If that is true, then we sequester them and continue because we need to run money through the state of Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, yeah. we, we already have enough issues uh, about, you know, image and likeness for players and the, the, the whole situation with that. And then you're just saying, hey, let's risk their health because we need more money. Yeah. No, Mike. In fact... Mike, won't you give up part of your salary? Yeah, <laughs> uh, your yeah. inflated salary. He's gone what eight and ten in the um, Big Twelve the last two years or something like that. Uh, I, I listen. This isn't a situation of well, he's not a good coach, so he shouldn't say things like this. Uh, you know, if Nick Saban said this, I think everybody would be on his butt too. It's just it's irresponsible, beyond irresponsible. And I can't believe someone who is a father would say that, to be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so, as far as Auburn football is related, they, they've been allowed to go from two hours of football instruction to four hours of football instruction virtually uh, through video conference software, uh, FaceTime, and all of that. Meanwhile, recruiting is what it is. You can only really talk to people over the phone, direct message and everything. There's no in-person contact still. Um, football will be interesting, though, because they've got what, Jason? What is this? It was like two week, two more weeks of this, really, um, before they start slowing things down a little bit more? Yeah, you're talking about in terms of, of like the, the – uh the meetings, all those things. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and they only have a couple more weeks of it, and then they have to figure out if they're going to extend it, um, what they're going to do with it. And I, I think, I think at this point, you got to extend at some point um, because the players aren't going to be; they're not going to be back on campus at the end of May. I mean, you're, you're in in May, so you, I think you need to, <coughs> excuse me, be able to give those guys an opportunity to continue to learn, continue to do something, because to me, that would then give you a better chance of you know playing football quicker when you're not having to worry about learning so much you can hey focus on conditioning do some of those things and 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 give those guys a chance hey at this point my thoughts are what else are these guys doing they're doing their classwork absolutely um they're doing things online and they're working out on their own um Hey, in my opinion, this gives them something else to focus on to help them get right. through. To, to you know, I think it's a, I think it's nothing but a win to give them. A, hey, you want to go back to two hours, but give them something. So yeah. we'll see. But um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of time left. Uh, just a few more weeks of this, and then you know somebody's gonna have to make a decision on whether they want to continue to do it or not. Yeah, I agree with you, Jason. And the you know the rules are made so guys will have time for school things and, and to be a college student and all those things well it's a whole different deal and uh yeah 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 just get them through let them get through final exams and the final exams online and then continue it again after that i expect they welcome the time i expect, i don't know this but i expect they welcome it because there's not you know like all of us there's not a lot to do and uh uh it's uh it's a strange situation and it calls for a different kind of approach to things what what they're accustomed to absolutely that's the thing now is it's all about 
um, adapting, evolving, and this is this is another evolution in what you're dealing with in college football. Heck, in every sport, I think you have to learn to adapt. And just because you've never done it that way before, doesn't mean it's right. And, and right now, you're right. I, I believe if you ask most players, I bet 99% of them would go, I love nothing better than to, to be able to talk about a little football and to see my teammates and my coaches right. and hang right. out with them, even yeah. if it's online. Right. For, I mean, it's not like you're doing it for four hours a day. Four hours a week in the grand scheme of things isn't very much at all. That's not very much, no. No. Um, I mean, listen, it's, it's a way to keep the kids engaged, give them a little bit of structure because – you know, like even, you know, Ryan Russell, when we spoke to him, the Auburn strength and conditioning coach, there's only so much he could do. He gives them workout plans through their Teamworks app, and then they have to go do it on their own if they want to. They don't have to report back to Ryan Russell as far as, like, what he's what they're doing, if they're actually accomplishing what they're supposed to be accomplishing. That's up to the players themselves to call him. And this is a – this is a – I mean, this is a time where you're going to see the, the kids that had a difficult time with staying in shape and sticking to a structure with when it's outside of uh, school. Uh, see if they can stick to that because there's going to be kids all across the country that, you know, when they do return to campus, some of them are going to be completely out of football shape and will not even be able to play that year, even if they wanted to. There's going to be other guys that, of course, are going to be ready, but – this is a very, very important time for the, you know, the the mindset of these players of staying and sticking to to routine, because it's easy to get out of a routine, especially when it involves being fit, you know, physical activity. Uh, when you're stuck inside and and not able to really go around much, you're not able to go to your own high school fields and weight rooms. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch, and I, I think that. There's only there's only so much these coaches can do. You know, you keep in touch with them and everything, but at some point, it's up to the players to, to do it themselves. And listen, you're talking about 18, 19, 20 year old kids, and kids will be kids. Um, some of them need a big time structure in place. They need someone, you know, practically waking them up in the morning and saying you got to be over here at six in the morning or whatever. And some of them can do it on their own. And uh, that's just the way it is with kids. You know, I, I talked to a coach. He said he said uh, that uh, he said the ones that really like to do it, the ones that like to work hard, and and you don't have to push to work hard when they're on campus. They'll work hard. He said the ones that are lazy, they'll still be lazy, and they won't be in shape when it's uh, when it's time to come back. It's it's not unsimilar to the way it used to be when. Uh, most of the players went home for the summer. Uh, right. And, you know, some would have construction jobs or whatever and work really hard all summer. And some would have office jobs and uh-huh. not work so hard and not do their workouts. And it showed as soon as they got back. So, uh, that'll be very interesting to see if, if they come back this summer, uh, how many of them are, uh, I don't. None of them will be in game shape, but how many of them are, are in shape to get in game shape? I guess I would say. Yeah, because I mean, you look at back at, you know, even even recent history. And listen, sometimes these guys, even with the structure and workout plans, and them coming to campus early, some of them are, aren't even when they get to August. You know, ready to go. Right. And I, I don't want to call individual players out. I'm just not. I'm not going to do that. But 
so, some of them just just doing that, even with the structure, but they're not quite following at one hundred percent. They're like several weeks behind, and several being several weeks behind when you have like two and a half weeks of preseason camp. Yeah, that's everything, yeah, exactly. man. Exactly, that's everything. Oh yeah, and, and absolutely, and you know, there's some guys that you know, on the on the flip side, you can go, you know, because. Because you're listening to Ryan Russell talk about it. He said, look, this is where you depend on, you know, those guys and, and the character. And that's where – this is where recruiting comes back in a little bit too, knowing what kind of kids you're bringing on campus, guys that that are um, mature, guys that are ready to go. And you think about, you know, I, I, I'll guarantee you they're not worried about Bo Nix. They're not worried about K.J. Britt. They're not worried about a bunch of those guys. You know, those guys in particular, you think about those guys are going to be ready to go. Um, but you start thinking about – had this happened last year, you probably would have felt much better about the situation with all those seniors returning, all those veteran guys. Now you got so many newcomers that haven't had that chance. Are they ready to take that step and become leaders for their teammates is one of the biggest questions because holding each other accountable, that's one of the best things about this right now is you find out uh, you know which guys can, can lead and which guys can bring guys with them as well. That's a good point. Very good point. Uh, you're right about last year's team. You would have been worried about it less because Derek Brown and uh, yeah. uh, Marlon and those guys would have would have made sure everybody was uh, was towing the line. And this year, there's not so many seniors, and it's a little harder to do. Uh, you know, I, th- I think le- leadership is a tricky thing. You can want to do it, but they have to, but your teammates have to want you to do it too. Uh, yep, and they have and they have to follow you when you do it. Right, and, exactly. and that's the thing, and that's why you look and you know there's a few guys on both sides of the ball right now that can take over reins of that, and in the end, it may be a good growth thing for a guy like Bo Nix, who already yeah. showed that you know he's the guy that's always had that leadership quality. Right. But now you look and you go, hey, you look on offense, and um, I mean him and Seth Williams and you know Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove, that's that's about it. Those, those are your most experienced guys, and so for those guys, they. They've got to take over some of those things, and it's obviously easier for a quarterback to do it. And across the SEC, there, there's – well, the NCAA for that matter, there's some concern about uh, Alabama was, uh, I guess, uh, reportedly gave Apple watches to, to all the players so they can monitor uh, their players' activities, which I almost – I don't know how they do that um, just because – You'd have to have, like, I think, based off the way my Apple Watch works, you have to have the logins for each individual watch uh, to even look at that data. But anyway, that's apparently gets instantly rules, and they're they're looking into it. Uh, But there is that whole idea of, is there some competitive disadvantage and advantages going on here during this time? And what actually could you do that would be an advantage? And I guess that would be one of them, is being able to monitor the players because technically that's against NCAA rules. Part of me wonders, though, maybe they should allow the coaching staffs to do stuff like that in a time like this, because they'd be doing it anyway on campus, you know, just through different means, not through uh, technology necessarily. So why not allow them to do do that now? You know what I mean? Well, the thing is to me – to me, is that I mean, you can monitor their movements, where they're going, and you can't do that when they're on campus. Yeah, uh, that's true. I mean, I, I don't think that 
I think there's such thing as too much control, and I think yeah. that's really yeah. It, it has a big brother. It has a big brother yeah. feel to it when you do exactly. it this way. Because Just because you're an Alabama football player, or an Auburn football player, or whatever, doesn't mean some coach has a right to to yeah. virtually or otherwise follow you around and and uh, and know everything you ever do. But yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't think I, of it that way. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking about think workouts and everything. But yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think there's any question though that that because we know we know the way this thing works, somebody is going to find a way to have a competitive advantage. That's just oh, the way sure. this thing is, and nothing's ever nothing's ever going to change about that. How far you push the envelope, and then how you push it until somebody tells you to stop, and that's what happens. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's interesting. I mean, I'm sure over the next month or two, we're going to hear different things coming out of all this too. That things we never even thought about, because um, I never even thought about like the Apple Watch thing. I mean, that's oh, me uh, either. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I guess, um, even though uh, technologically and trying to figure out how to do that with 80s plus players just baffles me. But these staffs are large, and they they figure things out. They figure ways out. Um, Guys, I wanted to end the podcast here uh, discussing basketball uh, two, two, on two fronts. One, on the virtual front, where I wanted to discuss quickly our uh, little basketball tournament, the body get a basketball tournament we've been having, and just kind of get your opinion on which team you actually think should, should win. And two, uh, before we get to that, I wanted to discuss the, I mean, signing, signing days coming up. Uh, and kids are going to start committing here, I should say. In the next week or two, and Auburn's still trying to go after Jalen Green. Greg Brown's still on the radar, though a lot of people think he, he's probably going to go to Texas. And, and Auburn's on the transfer market, uh, trying to trying to look for just needs uh, and people to fill fill in some some voids there. Uh, Jason, I, I think the feeling though is hasn't changed much for Auburn in, in the case that they feel like they're going to get some couple of really good guys and and I think number one on that list obviously is is Jalen Green that they're really focused in on to see what he does yeah no question you start looking at a, a dynamic player a dynamic scorer I think you look at a guy that can you know play the two you could probably play the three if you wanted him to and uh, so kind of it starts right there you mentioned you know, Greg Brown, and this team needs some size. There's no question about that. You know, if not Greg Brown, uh, can you get a JT Thor, a kid from, from yeah. you know, Norcross, Atlanta area that reclassified from 2022 to 21, you know, 6'9", 6'10", long, athletic kid. But I do believe you mentioned the grad transfer. I, I don't think there's any question. This team needs one at least mm-hmm. uh, to give them some experience. There's not, yeah. not going to be much experience on this basketball team. And, nope. I think one, and, and it, wouldn't, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to have an experienced guard and an experienced big uh, if you could get a couple of guys, especially if you miss out on, on a couple of these guys in recruiting. I think the more experience you could have, talent's not going to be an issue. It's still going to be a really talented team, but mm-hmm. having somebody that's just been there before could be really big. Yeah, you're exactly right. They need experience somehow, and I almost call it like a transplant. You're just transplanting experience onto the team. You might not know the guy, but you know you get to know him after a few weeks, and that's all it really takes in basketball these days um, to really get into the the mix of the of the team and, and get the, I guess, the chemistry going with with other players and your teammates. You only really need a few weeks. A little bit different than football and some other team sports, but. Um, yeah, I mean, practically every grad transfer you're seeing that come up, 
uh, Auburn's name is listed <laughs> among those being contact. Yeah, a lot of them, that's for sure. And, and so you can see the the thought process from Bruce Pearl and his staff that they they know that that's a need to bring somebody in. Um, let's play that. I believe right now, as it stands, um, there would not be a player with more than one year experience right. um, as a scholarship player on the roster heading into next year. So you're going to need somebody that's been there, done it, um, to help them along the way um, and to allow them to, to grow uh, without, you know, basically, you know, pressing the buttons and, and knowing what to do and how to deal with guys on the court is going to be really big. Um, okay, and finally, we've been doing this body get a bracket, allowing fans to vote on who the best team is in Auburn basketball history. We, we had it 16 teams. We're going to be down to two uh, here uh, later today when this is released. It's going to be ni- the 1999 team led by Cliff Ellis against the 2019 Final Four team. Um, I, I only watched the 99 team from afar and only watched a few of their games when that was happening. Uh, I was living in Arkansas at the time. You guys saw, saw them up close, and of course, we all saw the 2019 team up close. I, I would think you'd give the 2019 team the edge here, just because of what they accomplished and just how they did so. But that's certainly an interesting matchup. Those are two great I, teams. I would vote. I would vote for the honest. To be honest with you, for the 1999 team. I mean, that team just overwhelmed people. I mean, they 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 didn't get to the final four, uh, but. Uh, I mean, they had they had they had an all-American point guard. They had uh, an all-American forward. They had a seven-foot athletic center. They had a terrific shooter, in Scotty Pullman, and a good shooter in Damian Fishback and and Doc. They just had they had everything. And uh, the the I, I have to remind myself that the nineteen ninety nine that the two thousand nineteen team finished fifth or tied for fourth, however you want to look at right. it. Right. They had a great postseason. A better postseason for sure than the uh, 1999 team. But to me, over the course of the season, the uh, the uh, 1999 team was better. Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I think regular season, 1999 team was was the best team in, in in Auburn history. But you look at the course of an entire season. That's what you have to do. And postseason counts. That that you know, last that 2019 team, they won more games than 99 did. Uh, you know, they won 30 games, and they made a Final Four, to me, the entirety of the season. Um, for what they accomplished in college basketball, it's all about NCAA tournament. It's all about postseason, and you know, there's never been an Auburn team to do what they did. And so, for me, that pushes them over the top a little bit. I think had all things been equal, then you know, if, if, if 99 and 2019 both made the Final Four, it would be an easy choice. But uh, for me, uh, that, that Final Four pushes that team over the top. That's a legitimate. That's a legitimate way to look at it too. It would be. It's a hard call. <laughs> it is. It is. The, the fortunate thing is, is that, um, and they really were two teams that were were very similar in that. Once they got on top of you, it was right. over with. They smothered you to death. And I went back and watched the uh, the Auburn Tennessee um, SEC tournament, mm-hmm. you know, championship game the other day, and that run they made from, you know seven, eight minutes left in the first half through the second half, there's no doubt in my mind that that team that day beats anybody in the country. They, they should have won that championship anyway, but they would have overwhelmed anybody in the country that day. And to watch them was, was pretty special. I do, I do know which team would probably win a dunk contest. 
<laughs> oh, I don't know. It's pretty, it was pretty. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you had a you had a couple of really good guys there. Chris Porter had still the the most iconic dunk in Auburn history. Yep. But Malik Dunbar may have been more athletic. Yeah. In terms of the athleticism side of things, him and Horace, the that you know the other team, '99 team, you know, Damian Fishback wasn't a big dunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pullman, Doc, those guys weren't real dunkers. But Chris Porter, uh, he could uh, he could carry a, a big load by himself. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy out there. We hope you're doing well. You're getting through this. I know it's it's a hard time for everybody on multiple different different levels. Uh, hang in there. We're with you. Um, if you want to catch up with us, we're at auburn.247sports.com. And until next time, we'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go Undercover with Auburn Undercover.